It is Friday, November 20th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 11 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me again are Tyler Syracuse and Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. I finally got my first victory on the board in the season-long shark duel. Not because I did anything particularly well, though. It's because all of our lineups sucked on FanDuel this week. We all played Kyler Murray against the Bills. Just about every other lineup selection let us down. The key for me here was getting Antonio Gibson in, and even he didn't have a good game. I just lucked into two rushing touchdowns from him on a line that was otherwise 13 carries for 45 yards. So really not a whole lot to take away here. Jared, you're the season leader still. How'd you make your way to 75 and a half, though, in this competition? Wish I could tell you. And that was with 31 points from Kyler Murray. Um, <laughs> just literally everything that could go wrong went wrong with this lineup. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I guess, I guess Michael Thomas probably, you know, wasn't a guy I should have been playing in cash coming off the injury. But other than that, I mean, I don't think I made any mistakes. Just everyone kind of hit their floor. And, I mean, even that, we couldn't have predicted that Drew Brees was going to leave that game at halftime. So right. that one could have worked out. It, it was It's a weird thing, too. I was looking at my lineups thinking that I would come to some things that were obviously wrong, but it just didn't happen. It was like everybody just <laughs> did the worst that they possibly could, even though they were fine picks strategy-wise. Yep, just one of those weeks. It was a, it was a good week to be a tournament player because, you know, all the you know, quote-unquote good plays failed last week. Yeah. Jared still holds a strong lead for the season with six wins. Tyler's sitting on three. I'm on the board now, so watch out. I'll be trying to double that win total this week by trying to clear that high bar I set in week 10. We will show you who we're playing against each other in round 11 of the Shark Duel Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. So let's jump to those position picks. Jared, why don't you start us off with cash quarterback? Two quarterbacks I'm sort of waffling on on FanDuel. I think they're they're both great values and they're sort of even in value i mean lamar jackson for 8400 and deshaun watson for 7700 like i prefer jackson in raw projection by a bit i'll probably start my lineup with watson though uh just for the savings and you kind of see where it goes from there you know 7700 bucks for deshaun watson that's just way too cheap um he had 24 plus fanduel points in four straight games prior to last week, that wind game in Cleveland where, you know, the offenses, the passing games really just had no chance. Um, you know, the, the matchup here looks tough on paper. I mean, New England's still first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, but Football Outsiders has them 30th in pass defense. And, I mean, I would lean more towards the 30th ranking than the number one ranking. I mean, over, over their last two games, the Patriots allowed 262 passing yards and three touchdowns to Joe Flacco. And then they gave up uh, 249 yards and two touchdowns to Lamar Jackson. That was Jackson's most passing yards since week one. So I think it's a matchup that Watson and Fuller and Cooks can win. 
Yeah, I mean, even if you don't believe that the New England defense is as bad as that rating, if they're bad enough to be rated below Jacksonville and Cincinnati and DVOA, they're not good. So it's not a matchup to downgrade Deshaun Watson for. I agree with definitely with him being in the mix. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, over 8K, but I think they're in the mix as well. Really depends on how you're building. And I think there are affordable enough guys at the other positions for Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert to make sense here, both in high upside spots. So I think all those guys are, are usable this week. Over on uh, GPP, I said I was glad to not have Taysom Hill at tight end to figure out on DK. I'm not sure whether I'm glad to not have Taysom Hill in the QB mix here. I guess I would rather have him in the quarterback mix here than tight end. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah, um, you know, it'll make the ownership more condensed at quarterback without Taysom Hill in there on FanDuel. I, I like Justin Herbert for tournaments on FanDuel. I think the fact that he's priced, you know, 100 bucks above Lamar Jackson – 800 bucks above Deshaun Watson. I think Herbert's going to come in much lower owned on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. I, mean, I think Herbert has as good a chance as any quarterback to lead the slate in fantasy points this week. He actually leads all main slate quarterbacks in FanDuel points per game at 24.6 this season. He already has a 38-point outing, a 27-point outing. So the upside's obviously there. And he gets the Jets, who are dead last in football outsiders past the rankings. They're 23rd in adjusted points allowed quarterback so i think herbert's a nice uh tournament play are you worried about his helmet rattling around now that he's got a lot less hair in there i am you know when he busts on sunday everyone's gonna you know, say it's because the haircut <laughs> everybody's gonna go hunting for delilah who cut samson's hair here <laughs> yeah. I, I like the ceilings of all three of the top guys i absolutely agree on herbert lamar jackson's up there deshaun watson and when i say top three those are the top three guys in our dollars per point rankings on the lineup generator I think there's plenty upside to all of them. I think another stack that's interesting here is Cam Newton, Jacoby Myers. Myers is looking like he's going to be popular. I would imagine that he'll be more popular on DraftKings where you get full PPR than on FanDuel where you get half PPR. But I think he's definitely in play for both 40% target share as a starter for New England so far. Uh, They're facing the number 28 defense. So we were talking about the Patriots defense. The Houston defense is not good either. Number 28 in overall DVOA. The matchup, too, if Houston does score the kind of points that we're hoping in starting Deshaun Watson at QB, I mean, that would force New England into throwing the ball more, some more pass attempts, some more target volume for Jacoby Myers. We saw that two weeks ago against the Jets. We weren't expecting it, but uh, that drove up some of the passing volume for New England. So we know that that's possible. And then, of course, if even if it doesn't go like that, Cam Newton's likely going to be central to the rushing attack that would keep things from going that way. So Cam Newton... Yeah. Definitely a tournament side because if he doesn't score a rushing touchdown, he's uh, he has a far lower floor than the rest of the quarterbacks. But on this side, I mean, he does have the upside to score two rushing touchdowns, throw one, uh, has as high a ceiling probably as, as most of the other quarterbacks. Yep, I like Cam and GPs, and I like him better on FanDuel even because like he he's mm-hmm. such a long shot to get the three hundred yard passing bonus on DraftKings. It hurts his upside a bit, but you know that's obviously not a thing on FanDuel. Over at running back, Jared, what are you playing for cash? And so I was. Curious if, you know, Dalvin Cook was someone we could fit in at $10,500. Um, you know, after messing around with lineups, it's it's easy enough to get him in there. So I'm, I'm probably going to use Cook even at that price. Like, I can't say he's a great value, but I, I just think he's like the surest bet for, you know, a big game on this slate. So I'm going to use Dalvin Cook. And then, you know, one of the guys you can use to help get him in there is Kalen Balage at just $5,800. Um, he checks in as easily the top dollars per point value at running back based on our projections, um, 18 carries and six targets last week. It seems like the chargers are kind of 
have given up for now with rookie Josh Kelly. Justin Jackson's still on IR. Austin Eckler not back this week. So I think Balazs is a pretty you know safe bet for touches once again in a good matchup at home for the Jets. Yeah, much better bet than he should be. And I can't argue with Kalen Balaj as an option. I like that Duke Johnson is just $200 more than Balaj at 6000 at least as good a role. I mean, he played the same role last week. He didn't have the production. And I don't know that the Houston offense is as good as the Justin Herbert offense at this point, but it does have at least as much upside. As I mentioned, facing that bad defense uh, from New England earlier so I think I, I'm going to go back to Duke Johnson this week. I'm probably, I feel better about playing him than Kalen Balaj. We'll see where I land. Certainly I think at their respective own rates, I'm going to fade Kalen Balaj on the GPP side. Yeah. I'm with you there. I think Duke Johnson, the much better tournament play at their ownerships. I like James Conner too, for tournaments, uh, 7,000 bucks. I think no one's going to play him after, you know, two straight duds and, you know, duds when he was you know, fairly highly owned in what looked like, good spots, especially that Cowboys game. Um, you know, Pittsburgh just hasn't tried to run the ball too much in those last two games, but Connor still has handled 71% of the running back carry. So, you know, if Pittsburgh does go back and run it, you know, 25 times on Sunday, I think you're going to get, you know, 18 or 20 carries out of James Connor against a pretty bad Jaguars run defense. And the Steelers have the highest implied total on the main slate. So I think, you know, Connor is a good touchdown, but yeah, I like Connor very much this week as well. I think Adrian Peterson at 5,100 is a nice, is also a nice option. If you don't feel like playing Kalen Balazs this week, lead ball carrier for Carolina, I, I don't, or versus Carolina fourth best scoring matchup for running backs. Running backs are averaging 4.9 yards per carry against the Panthers and the lions have run the ball more since their week five by 20 plus running back carries in four of their five games since then. That includes 25 carries and a 14 point loss to the Vikings a couple weeks ago. So I don't know what the ownership rate is going to look like for Peterson yet. I don't think we've had enough time since the DeAndre Swift concussion to really have the reaction on fan share to show us what that's going to be. I'll be curious to see his ownership versus Bellage's on Sunday morning uh, because he is $700 less. Mm-hmm. And I, they're, they're similar guys in that you don't want to say that either is a lock to produce, but they're both in good spots to put up fantasy numbers. Yeah, I just don't like that you can't project much from Peterson in the passing game. You know, that obviously matters less on FanDuel. It still matters, though. I do like Peterson better here on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings, even though he's not you know as cheap on FanDuel. Yeah, but still pr- plenty cheap at 5100 yeah. Yeah. Tyler, welcome back to the world of living. You got some cash running backs? Yeah, I got my uh, MacBook Air computer finally connected instead of using it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go back to quarterback really quick. I have Lamar Jackson as my probable cash game quarterback. I like Justin Herbert and Andy Dalton for GPPs, and it's going to be a pretty limited player pool. So those are going to be my three guys at quarterback. Running back is definitely going to be Kalen Balaj at 5.8 thousand. I think he's got a good shot at 20 plus touches. I think he could find the end zone. And I just think the Chargers are due for a really big game. They've had a lot of tough losses this season. So it should be a get right spot going up against the Jets. So you're just going to be like eating ginger snaps and drinking ginger ale while you watch football on Sunday, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I like Dalton. I like the price tag and it's going to be a low owned stack. So I'm going to be completely off the board this week with a couple of my game stacks. (laughs) Interesting. All right. Running back. Who are you playing at cash? I like Kalen Blage and cash GPPs. I like Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry. So I like a lot of the, the guys in the upper tier. And then I like Antonio Gibson. I think he's still underpriced. Uh, Washington's favored by two points. So I think 
he's got a good shot at 20 touches as well. And uh, I mean, if Washington keeps it close, I wouldn't expect JD McKissick to keep getting 15 targets. Um, they were kind of playing catch up the last couple of weeks with Alex Smith continuing to dump off the ball, but hopefully Gibson could get more involved in the ground game this week. And then I think he saw five or six targets last week as well. So that was good to see. It's a little known fact, but Alex Smith's eyes actually don't work beyond 12 yards downfield. So I think J.D. McKissick's still going to be squarely in his view. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly like Antonio Gibson here. I think there's room for both of those guys to be fantasy factors this week still, especially with the playing time that both of them have been getting. Uh, in addition to James Conner, which Jared mentioned, Miles Sanders at 7,700, I think, is a nice option across formats. I feel better about him in GPPs because of the Eagles' pass lean and because of their general offensive struggles. I mean, if they fall behind in Cleveland, then obviously it's going to hurt the outlook for the running back. But Miles Sanders is a good enough player to produce on fewer touches in this game. He's been Philly's workhorse when healthy, and that was the case last week against the Giants as well. He just got unlucky with Boston Scott and uh, Corey Clement taking the the touchdowns on the ground. Plus, it looks like Miles Sanders is going to be right around 10% ownership um, versus a mediocre defense with bad linebackers. So I think it's a good spot in general for Miles Sanders this week. Yeah, I like Sanders. I think Aaron Jones is probably a good tournament play too. Like he was so popular last week, let everyone down. It is a tough matchup this week, but I mean, he, he's capable of, you know, still scoring a, a couple touchdowns. Wide receiver, Tyler, we'll let you start with the cash here. I like Deontay Johnson. I think he's way too priced at 6.4 thousand. I mean, the guy's just been a machine whenever he stays healthy. And a lot of those Pittsburgh wide receivers are popping in the Draft Sharks model. So Chase Claypool is actually priced exactly the same. I would lean Deontay Johnson just because I think he's a little bit better of a bet for targets. And then I like Jacoby Myers as well. He was my same play over on DraftKings. I think he's still underpriced at 6000 I think we can project him for eight-plus targets in a good matchup. And he's just the go-to guy in New England. And I think the Patriots are going to continue to roll. So I think I'm going to be overweight uh, Myers and GPPs and have him in cash as well. Yeah, I was telling Jared, I think we even have him projected a little low for receptions on DS this week. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, my, my concern is just that New England um, is able to run the ball, you know, with success against you know one of the worst run defenses in the league. And just the passing volume in general is down for the Pats. That's the only thing that's going to keep him short of 12 catches in this game. Maybe. Jared, what do you like for cash wide up? Yeah, so as Tyler alluded to, we have this three Steelers wide receivers as number two, number three, and number four in dollars per point value on FanDuel. Um, so I, I think they're all good plays. I'm actually leaning towards Chase Claypool um, for 6,400, you know, giving up a bit of target certainty to Deontay Johnson, but trading that for, I think, touchdown upside. Um, Claypool has nine touchdowns in nine games this season. He leads the Steelers with five targets inside the 10-yard line. He has three carries inside the 10-yard line, including two carries inside the five. Like, they definitely have packages for him to, to, you know, hand him the ball at the goal line. So, not quite as safe as Deontay, but I think Claypool has a higher ceiling. It sounds like we should have said a little bit more about Ben Roethlisberger in the QB section. Yeah, what is his price over here? The problem is I just don't know who to stack him with when I play him in tournaments. Yeah, two of them. Just pick any two of them. You got to yeah. make multiple lineups so you can get exposure to all of them. But yeah, he's at 8,000, so it's kind of a weird spot for him. He's yeah. not that far behind Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and he's 300 more than Deshaun Watson. So it's a little tough spot. I guess you can get away with just playing a couple of the receivers and hoping that you know the quarterback that you do have goes off more than Ben Roethlisberger does, especially because we have guys with rushing upside. 
I think otherwise wide receiver for cash, Jarvis Landry is close to a lock at 5,900 bucks, drawing nearly 29% of the team's targets over the past three games. That includes the game that Odell Beckham left with his knee injury, uh, even higher share over the past two games. Eagles are not strong in the secondary and the matchup for Landry gets even better when he goes into the slot. He's not doing that quite as much as we've gotten used to in the past, but it's still a near even split for him inside and out of the slot. Single-digit ownership, by the way, projection right now on Fanshare. So I think that makes uh, Jarvis Landry even more attractive for GPP lineups. And the weather is better in Cleveland. We'll watch because there's still some light rain in the forecast. But I guess at this point, we'll take light rain without the wind for Cleveland. Yeah, I was going to say, if we can handle light rain, just you know, keep those winds under 15 miles per hour and we're good to go. The concern, though, is if Baker's going to be busy covering all the seats when it starts raining. <laughs> yeah. Hey, ba- Baker might not be good at football, but he- he's killing it on commercials. <laughs> I agree. If I could put him in my commercial lineup, it would be I'd be struggling between him and Peyton Manning on a weekly basis or quarterback. Yeah, yeah, tough call. Tyler, who do you got for GPPs? I like a lot of the wide receivers in that Cowboys Vikings game, which I've talked a lot about so far. A couple one-off plays I like are Keenan Allen, just in a really good matchup against the Jets. Um, there's no corner that could really keep up with him. They just put their slot corner on IR, so he's going up. He's going up against backup corners for the Jets, which is uh, pretty scary if you're a Jets fan. And then I like um, Marquise Brown as well. He's priced under six thousand dollars on Fanduel. It seems like he's been priced there all season, and he continues to be high-owned over on FanDuel. But if this is the week, I think it's got to be the week going up against this defense and just all the rhetoric with Jackson and the coaching staff talking about Brown and how they need to get him involved. I think this is the best possible spot um, in the last month or so. So I think he's got to break through, and he's got the price, and he's got the upside. So I think I'm going to be rostering a bunch of him. Are we worried at all that Keenan Allen is not on the same page with Justin Herbert anymore unless he cuts all the hair off of his chin? <laughs> all right. Deep wide receivers, Jared, what do you got? Yeah, so Tyler mentioned the Vikings wide receivers. I think Justin Jefferson, 6700 bucks, man. I think he's a cash game option even at that price, and I think he's a great tournament play, you know, sort of a pivot off of Dalvin Cook. Um, I think A.J. Brown might be worth a shot. 7500 bucks, obviously not – an easy matchup against Baltimore. But, I mean, we've seen Brown have big games against the Steelers and the Bears, who are also tough defenses. So, you know, if you're playing, you know, I think especially in a Lamar Jackson stack, I think um, A.J. Brown as a run back on the other side might make some sense. Justin Jefferson really shouldn't be in the 6K range of salary anymore. The points per game and the salary match overall. Uh, he's 14th among main slate wide receivers in, in each of those categories. But his scoring average over his seven starts had jumps by two full FanDuel points over what his average is on the site right now. That average would rank third among main slate wide receivers behind only Devontae Adams and Calvin Ridley. And both of those guys are at least $1,100 more in salary than Jefferson. He delivered a huge game against the Bears last week, probably the toughest matchup he's faced yet. The risk is low target volume. That's what keeps me from liking him as a cash play. Four games of five plus, tar- or, or, I'm sorry, four games of five targets or fewer so far among the past six. So I think there's particular risk to that in a matchup where there's seven point favorites against who I think are the hapless Cowboys. But if we get the kind of game that you guys are looking for from the Cowboys, then maybe it's a a safer spot for Justin Jefferson. Exactly. (laughs) Tight end. Who does, who's anybody playing this week? Well, who's the best option? 
Yeah, so I'm curious if Tyler saw something. I think Taysom Hill, obviously, the cash lock. If I was playing, you know, multiple tournament teams on FanDuel, I'd play Taysom Hill in 100% of my tournament lineups as well. Yep, Taysom Hill's a easy lock button play. I mean, he's got upside for over 20 points, and he's $4,500. So there's going to be no one else I'm playing at tight end over on FanDuel. Unless it's a double tight end lineup, I'm going to have Taysom Hill in 100% of my FanDuel lineups. So Yeah, I mean, obviously FanDuel broke this particular slate last year when it decided to classify Taysom Hill at tight end. I mean, we knew that if this happened at some point, it was going to be ridiculous. And a bad day at quarterback, he could be right. terrible, have 12 fantasy points, and that's a solid day for a tight end. So you, you can't not play him here. I'm annoyed by that, but I guess it's like starting with the free space oh. in the middle of bingo. Yeah, and like I got it. Like I don't know what's he going to be owned in tournaments. Even if he's like seventy percent owned, like that's still you know thirty percent of teams that are you know probably have very little chance to win. I guess like sixty five percent, but yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be over sixty percent for sure. I think that's still like an advantage that like you know a third of the teams aren't going to have him because like I think he, he's what like fifty percent chance to like lead all tight ends in points. That, that's probably even low, and that's not even factoring in the fact that he's forty five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think he'll be the tight end one over on FanDuel, so you're going to want to have him in there. At flex, I think that's where we can play Mark Andrews, where we would have otherwise played him at tight end this week. Yeah. 6500 is a fine price at flex when you compare him with the the wideouts and the running backs who would be playing there. Multiple touchdown upside against Tennessee. Coming off season highs and catches and receiving yards. Season high tie in targets, so getting the usage. Nick Boyle's out. Great spot for him. I like the I like the double tight end with Taysom Hill as one of the tight ends. Yeah, I like that idea. I think that I think you know not many people will have that. So that's a way to get unique with your Taysom Hill lineups. Just a few other wide receivers that we haven't mentioned yet that I think are in play, at least for tournaments at Flex. Terry McLaurin, seventy three hundred bucks. I still think he's too cheap for just the volume he's seeing this season, just how steady he's been. He has a good matchup against Cincinnati. And then I think Brandon Cooks is still underpriced too at sixty one hundred bucks. You know, he's seen eight plus targets in five straight games now. He you know, he should not be in the low six thousands. Tyler, what's your favorite flex path going to be? My favorite flex play, I think, is Derrick Henry at 8.2 thousand. If Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell miss, I'm just going to be really overweight on Derrick Henry this week and hope he has one of those 200-yard games. Besides that, I like a lot of the upper-tier running backs. I mean, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are in really good spots. So I can see myself paying up for those three running backs in some lineups and then paying down at quarterback with Dalton and then obviously down at tight end with Taysom Hill, which should open up a lot of salary in those lineups. On defense, I'm playing the Falcons at 3,200 first. <laughs> I'm hoping that others agree with both of you guys. For anybody who missed the DraftKings show, Jared and Tyler think that the Saints are going to score 30 points and that Taysom Hill is not going to get sacked or turn the ball over. So the Falcons are going to kill the lineups that they're in. I, I see a guy that has never played quarterback actually in the NFL, and he's not that good a quarterback at BYU and hasn't been a starting quarterback in a long time. So there's downside risk, and most importantly, the Falcons are very cheap this week. Yeah, we won't rehash the argument. I mean, they're they're cheap enough where they're fine. Um, I, I'm I'm going to try to get up to the Chargers at 4,500 bucks. I don't know. We'll see when I actually build the lineup. I might end up going cheaper, but I think the Chargers are pretty easily the best. You know, dollars per point play versus the Jets. I should say that the Steelers are also a lot easier to get to at 5,000 now that we have Taysom Hill at tight end. Um, Tyler, what do you like on defense? Yeah, I've been playing the Steelers in cash for the last several weeks. Uh, kind of paid off last week. They got double-digit points. Uh, they're just way too cheap at 5000 compared to other defenses and leading the league in pressure rate. 
Uh, it sounds like we're going to have to make some sort of bet with the Falcons defense. I would bet you that the Cowboys defense scores more than the Falcons defense. We could bet a six pack of beer, whatever you want there. And then uh, a couple defenses I uh, like in the mid tier are Washington and then the Chargers, which Jared mentioned. See, my only problem with betting on defenses is that if the Cowboys get a pick six and then allow 30 points, that's a good play. And if the Falcons allow Deontay Harris to return a punt, then that's all of a sudden a bad play. So uh, I think we'll probably just be betting with our DFS lineups. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. <laughs> but we'll see. If you keep working on me, you might wear me down. Um, on the betting front, Tyler, what do you like? I think it's a really good teaser week. Uh, I like the Chiefs and the Chargers a lot in teasers if you can get them below a field goal. I feel really good about the Chiefs absolutely destroying and running up the score against the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Like I mentioned, it's a blow-up spot for the Chargers. They've had a lot of tough losses this year, and they should be able to lay the hammer down on the Jets. I like the Packers in teasers if you can get them over seven points. And then the Monday Night game, I'm extremely high on Tampa Bay. I would bet them minus four. I'd bet them all the way up to minus seven. I think they're going to absolutely pummel the Rams. Jared Goff really struggles with pressure, and I think the Bucs are going to be in the backfield, and they're going to make it a miserable day for for Jared Goff in the Monday night game. Jared, what about you? Anything? Yeah, I like that Bucks call. Um, although Tampa's really struggled in primetime games this season, too. We talked about that on yesterday's pod. We'll see if they get that fixed. The last one I have is the over in the Bengals-Washington game. It's 46-and-a-half right now. Cincinnati's just so pass-heavy that their games have tended to go over. I, th- I think you, know, you want to target pass-heavy teams when you're looking for overs because we know passing, passing is more efficient than running. And it also you know creates more plays because you're either gaining yards with a completion or the clock is stopping with an incompletion. I put this one down having no idea what a focal, focal point Cowboys-Vikings was going to be, but I like the Vikings minus seven at home this week. That line has dipped a point and a half from where it opened at eight and a half in favor of Minnesota. Vikings are six and three against the spread this season. Cowboys are one and eight against the spread. So that dates back to when Dak Prescott was in the lineup as well. Vikings D is up to 10th in overall DVOA. I don't think the Cowboys are going to succeed at anything this week. And I think that your Andy Dalton lineups are going to suffer. (laughs) Can't wait to find out. (laughs) I never would have been excited for the Vikings Cowboys game. And now I'm quite looking forward to it. I think it's a good spot for Dallas in general, and I think they're going to keep it close. When the line was nine points, I I put Dallas in a couple teasers, so I got them over two touchdowns. Uh, It was a no bet for me once it moved to seven, but when Dallas was like plus eight and a half, I thought it was a really good teaser opportunity to get them plus 14 and a half or more. So that's how I feel about the game. For what it's worth, I mean, I hope that I'm wrong and that Andy Dalton does rebound this week and that they're good because I certainly have plenty of Cowboys wide receivers and Ezekiel Elliott in places. So it'll be good for my teams overall. I hope that it, it starts this week, but I just I, I have I can't find it possible to believe in them right now. I think if Dallas's offense fails, it's more likely going to be because Dalvin Cook just runs all over him and they just control the ball than, than Minnesota's defense actually you know stops them. I guess we'll have to watch and see. But that's going to do it for this Week 11 FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Get some cash game recommendations from Kevin. Get tournament picks and top stacks from Tyler. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. And then come Saturday morning, we'll show you who we're playing against each other in Round 11 of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS, it's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shouf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.